This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Geekly Roundup, the second podcast, uh, maybe third, depending on how if you count Chasing the Dragon, uh, for the Ace of Geeks podcast network. Um, and Can welcome. We second and a half. Second and three quarters, maybe. Hmm. Oh, fractions. Podcast two and three quarters. I like yes. it. <laughs> yes, you get you jump through this podcast and you end up in a magical world where a giant Robbie Coltrane takes you on a train and stuff. Nailed it. Yep. Uh, this is going to be a uh, weekly podcast with probably rotating hosts, it's starting to feel like. <laughs> uh, where we, uh, uh, we cover three to however many we feel like uh, major topics from the week to accompany our new Geekly Roundup post that Ben is doing. So to introduce you to those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, to a- our podcast before, or who haven't listened to this one before, which you can't because this, this is the first, first episode, one. Uh, my name's Mike Fadum. I'm the editor-in-chief of Ace of Geeks. I couldn't tell if you were going to introduce us or if we were no, going in a circle. No, you can go introduce yourself. My name is Ben Lee. Uh, I write the Geekly Roundup posts, but otherwise I mostly just do baseball-related things on the internet. I'm uh, Mark Fu, and I'm basically just talking right now, right here, for the first time ever. <laughs> this is your first time talking? First time talking. Oh my god. Your mother must be so proud. She has no idea. It's <laughs> a secret. It's a secret to everyone. Um, so, um, for those of you who haven't experienced the glory of the Geekly Roundup yet, it is a uh, uh, weekly post that we've do- been doing for all one week so far, <laughs> um, where uh, we take all the news stories that uh, either weren't big enough or we didn't have time to uh, turn into their own news posts and round them up into one giant place for you to experience. And we thought we'd take a podcast to take uh, several of those stories and put them in a place where um, we can talk about them in more detail and discuss our little hearts out. So um, we've all picked a topic to talk about, and uh, Fu was terrified, so we'll skip going, making him go first. What? No, I'll go first right now. <laughs> uh, you go first right now? Yeah, stop me. All right, <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk my entire heart out. Okay, no, Good. so Out of your I'm chest. assuming Tally here, style. I'm going to just tell you, time. I'm excited about Daredevil. I don't know if anybody else is. Daredevil I, fans? I'm very excited. Uh, you two? Anyone? Uh, uh, you know, I think that we're still a little bit burned from the movie. Um, really? Even though, well, even though there's like the there's no then. good reason to be, but... Yeah, let's, I didn't dislike um, the movie that much. I mean, I, it definitely is not great, but, you know... Of the superhero movies of that era, it's also not the worst one that I saw. It's Hell, I will the, grant you that. Of the superhero the movies of this era, it's not the worst one I saw. I saw Man of Steel. Mm. Um, <laughs> and one of those two movies got spun off into an entire universe. Uh, yeah. Although, remember, they did try spinning Daredevil <laughs> off and had that Electra movie, which was... That's true. So oh, that's right. Bad. That may have actually been the worst one from that era. You know, no matter which movie of those got spun off, we would have gotten Ben Affleck in leather. Sweet. You know, <laughs> that's a terrifying thought. It's, it's just sort of like it's. No matter which way you go, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's standing it's, there. It's in six leather. degrees of Kevin Bacon, but really it's like three degrees of leather Affleck. 
That's amazing. Uh, this is a disturbing. This is a disturbing Hollywood trend. I would like it to stop. <laughs> That's where the money is. Ben Affleck in leather. In leather Affleck. Ben Affleck <laughs> yep. wearing leather. Yes. It, yep. It's it's all go. part of um, uh, Matt Damon's secret plan to uh, get his his buddy on the internet in leather. I didn't think Matt Damon was particularly good at secret plans. <laughs> but um, well, that's that's, that said, that's the the way that he's fooled you now. With he's, that said, I mean we ha- so we have seen a, a teaser for yes. not even a not even a trailer a teaser trailer that they teased prior to releasing the teaser trailer. Yes, the, the yeah. double yeah. tease. So <laughs> right, so we're 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 somewhere between feeling like we know a lot and knowing absolutely nothing about this series. So what are your impressions so far? <laughs> You know what? I gotta say one. Th- this is actually a good segue here. We talked a lot about the costume and the leather. The main thing that we've seen so far is uh, the costume that he's wearing, and it's the bl- it's the black, just wearing a bandana around his head costume, like his you know junior crime fighter costume. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting that they haven't chosen to reveal the Daredevil costume at all. If he's even yes. going to put on the traditional Daredevil yeah. costume. I need to know. Yeah, or this. if they're going to go arrow with it for a while, you know, and have it's sort of like a gradually improvised costume that shows up more over time. Or if they're going to do like the black and yellow at one point, that'd be interesting. It would I be don't think you could get away with the black and yellow. I hope they I don't, don't think you could with the in the modern aesthetic. I think you can't nowadays. I, it's not happening, but it'd be funny. They could they could do a nod to it maybe. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm. Yeah. I just hope that they do at some point commit and go full with the red outfit because to me, like it's one of the classic. Costume yeah. ever, right? right. Like the Daredevil costume. It's perfect. I feel like with Daredevil, you can get away with like dark maroon, and you can still have that sort of like the Flash type color where it matches yep. the character, but still matches a general aesthetic you're going for. That's something they've been doing a lot lately, where they'll take the classic, you know, bright mm-hmm. four color superhero costume and just tone down the just saturation on it. Desaturate it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it looks a little Which cooler. I actually appreciate, given that it, you know, the, a lot of those really bright costumes would stand out, given that the, you know, the general tone of superhero movies has changed a bit. Even the ones that tend to have a brighter feel to them aren't necessarily like bright four-color feel as far as the filming aesthetic, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and a lot, I see a lot of people complain about it, but I think I don't want to see the... I don't want primary colors bright burning my eyes out especially when we're talking about um you know a blind ninja (laughs) right yeah i feel like it's a nice compromise between everything like everyone wearing black forever and always which is kind of what it looks like the fantastic four movie really is leaning towards right the fantastic Uh, four movie i think is going to eschew costumes entirely and they're just going to be wearing spacesuits the whole time it does seem like it although you know that doesn't rule anything out for later on since you know they're going to try and turn spin it into a, an entire thing oh yeah, oh, yeah. of course the amazing no, sure. thing with for the sure. fantastic four movie is i still have no idea what it's about or that in fact anybody is the fantastic four in it like <laughs> we we know that dr doom is an evil blogger and that's about it we've heard that yeah which is you know <laughs> we've heard that evil blogger that's I'm, that's obvious that still seems like a little much yeah. but but yeah the other <laughs> the other four You've seen pictures of them, and they just look sort of like serious-faced, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's do some superheroing. Well, well, you know, you can't actually uh, have emotion uh, other than, you know, grimness in Mm -hmm. a superhero movie. Obviously, that would never work. That's why Guardians of the Galaxy just didn't do very well. Absolutely failed at the box office. It was a real tank. And and the (laughs) Avengers. No, wait, I'm thinking of Rackets Gun. Never mind. That was the tank. Anyway. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I will say that the shots... we're getting kind of off topic, but the shots of Michael bit. B. Jordan flaming up in the in the trailer were kind of cool. So they I'll were. leave it at that. I haven't we'll, actually we'll seen see. those it's, though. 
that's I, I gotta uh, look at that. Worth checking out. A realistic uh, human torch is kind of a cool effect if it if it pans out, but we'll see when they get there. Anyway, so about Daredevil. So yeah, the, uh, I think the big news for Daredevil this week was they finally let us see what Vincent Fisk Wilson D'Onofrio D'Onofrio um, looks like in a um, in his kingpin suit, and he looks exactly he looks like, like the, the kingpin. kingpin. Like if he you're angry at him as exciting. a kingpin, then I don't think you know what the kingpin looks like. And I actually no, and hate Michael Clark Duncan's take on the Kingpin, but I thought it was a good. Yeah, it worked because you know I mean big Michael Clark Duncan, guy, right? And yeah. it's Michael Clark Duncan, you know, rest in peace. Oh, right, <laughs> I know. Oh, but D'Onofrio, fantastic. He looks perfect. Oh my god, he really does. He looks like he's going to step out of the page and kick the ass of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Nice. But that's one of my favorite Daredevil scenes too, because you always just assume this guy is this soft, fat, like. Mm-hmm. He's no a big dough boy. It is yeah. all muscle. And then the, he just literally everything is muscle. wipes the floor with Daredevil in the first fight. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of the running things about Kingpin is just he, he is huge and all of it is muscle. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Or so that's how they that's how they phrase it. Um, good. Although I'm curious, does this given that we don't have that much to go off of with Daredevil, does this give us a second to be able to spin into a couple of the spin off series they're talking about as well? Yes. yes. Sure. Because I feel like um oh, what's the uh What's the thing that's based off Alias? Alias. Uh, AKA yeah. Jessica AKA Jones. Jones. AKA Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited for that just because I always thought that what they did with how they spun her into the universe originally, the way they did Alias, was such a just an interesting yeah. way to do it. Mm-hmm. it. It was that one where you go back and you retroactively write somebody into everything, except that she was such a like kind of D-list or C-list. She was a nobody. That yeah. It wasn't hard to do. The nobody cared. Yeah. Somehow yeah, she, but was she was. Yeah, but she was a nobody that just got. She was a nobody that just got put through terrible things, mm-hmm. and so she sort of like it's it, it was one of those interesting ideas where like she started off as something that was horribly damaged and sort of made her way into the mainstream Marvel universe too. Yeah. She didn't even yeah. stay in the in the uh, Max imprint. Yeah, um, as soon as they cast David Tennant as the Purple Man, that pretty much confirmed to me that they're actually going through with that storyline, which. I thank God they're going on Netflix then, because you could never get away with yeah. that for anywhere else. Uh, yeah, I'm still, anything related <laughs> yeah. to the Purple Man would not make it outside of. It's Max really Ford. awkward yeah. though, because I, on the one hand, I understand that's that's the backstory, but it's really gross. Like, it really is. Like it's, it's, it's super yeah. gross. It's, it's for those of you who haven't uh, read uh, just the original Alias series, which you should do because it's very good. Um, but uh, the Purple Man was sort of this C or D or E list Marvel villain who just had mind control powers. And he kind of just always, you know, showed up and got his ass kicked by Thor in like five seconds. Never really did much with them, yeah. right? Uh, mm-hmm. And in like... Alias, it revealed that he had taken uh, Jessica Jones, who was this D-list superhero, and... Glimmer, ba- I think? Yeah. And basically no, imprisoned... Jewel. Jewel. Jewel, that's it. Jewel, thank yeah. you. Basically imprisoned her with his mind powers. Like, he made her into his personal slave. And they never went as far as saying he did anything like, like you'd imagine with her but it's still the whole thing they, is just super fucking gross they did they did though um i don't know if it's it's not in the first books probably but later on in the series they did talk about like he never actually did anything to her but he was always doing th- things to other people around her yeah and ah, uh, it's just yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no so I like, I don't mind like, that don't he's mind. he's in it. I hope they go with something a little less uh, grim, darkity dark. Because I think I don't, the whole point. I don't of it think they need to go full Game of Thrones. No, you you <laughs> can't. And you, I don't think anybody wants them to really. Yeah. Like, 
There's probably some people who want them to, but let's yeah. let's let's just the same, the those same guys people, aside. But the same people who watched the Power Rangers fan film and said that's what that should be like. <laughs> oh, unfair! Poor Power Rangers people. <laughs> this is all I ever wanted. No, no, it's not. No, but it's, not. it's nice of you to try. Um, <laughs> that also leaves us with uh, with Luke Cage and Iron Fist, oh, both of which I'm actually pretty excited about because I I, always, I loved Luke Cage when I was a kid. Okay, so I just gotta say. We're going to do, okay, so Daredevil, like street level, like, you know, New York-based superhero, Jessica Jones, same thing, Luke Cage, same thing, same thing. Yep, Iron, Iron Fist. If they make, kind of. They can make Iron Fist just like a street level New York show, but if they go the full, like, immortal Iron Fist and, like, have him up oh. in Kowloon, like, fighting in martial arts tournaments, I will be so happy. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like if you're, if you're going to do Iron Fist, you need somebody who is seriously a really gifted martial artist to come in and do that. Yeah, like yeah. because that's such an integral part of who. Like Iron Fist has the Iron Fist, yes, but he's not good because he can punch things with his chi. No, he's good because he can no. do lots and lots of things and then punch you with his chi. It it has the potential to. I mean, I, and I think they'll want to keep the same feel as the sort of darker tone they're going with the other three shows if they're doing that. Uh, we know that you know Jessica Jones and Daredevil are, but for all we know, Luke Cage might be punching you know dragons, dragons and yeah. saying "Sweet Christmas," um, but. It would be it would be great to have um, Iron Fist be a little closer to like season two and three Arrow, where it's it's a little bit more like, hey, now we're introducing some mystical shit, mm-hmm. and we're willing to have a little bit more fun with our property than just like right. Grimdark. It's sort of like bunch. we've we've established well because you can establish Grimdark as the base and then take it somewhere. You don't have to run as Grimdark the entire time. Because you're just establishing that the world that they're in is like that. You know, you don't have to like I, I think that. Um, with Iron Fist, you have the ability also to have the other three series go first, introduce Iron Fist, and then have Iron Fist start out completely differently before transitioning into the world that the rest of them are in. That's... Because, I mean, Iron Fist coexists in this world with all of them. You know, he's really close to Luke Cage. Um, he's always at least kind of been on passing terms with Daredevil, and because of Luke Cage, he's gotten along with Jessica Jones. There's no reason that they couldn't all, that they wouldn't all coexist naturally anyway, but Iron Fist has to start differently. Yeah. And they're going to coexist eventually. With they the have Defenders to. Miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has That's to show up to. in in uh, Iron Fist's. I mean, in uh, Luke Cage's show. Like he has to just has yeah to. for the sheer, <laughs> for the sheer that, power man Iron Fist connection, Iron Fist. right? Yeah. Heroes I for mean, Iron. unless they put in. Unless they put in Shang Chi, they're pretty much uh, those two are going to be like have to be two of the tightest bros yeah. in this entire yeah. series. Yeah, for sure. I I always really wanted to make just speaking of Luke Cage and his sweet Christmas roots. I always wanted to make a trailer for a um, Grindhouse style Heroes for Hire where it was just very Black Dynamite. Yes. the two of them like fighting uh, ninjas. Well, this is the era like, they're from, the era right? They're... Yeah. Please tell me, please tell me you would have had a Misty Knight cameo because that would oh, yes. be awesome. Absolutely. Oh, of course. And the final the final boss of the movie, Wayne. the final shot of the trailer was going to be uh, Fing Fang. Foom showing up and Luke Cage just pulling off his glasses and going, Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the tiara. Uh, yes, exactly. Luke Cage, still my favorite. He's he's come so far ever he since really Bendis has. was like, You know what? I'm going to make you a real character now. Yeah. Yeah. I like, well, I I like, like Luke that, Cage. That entire... He's going to be in stories. And we're going to acknowledge that he was the guy in the, in the yellow shirt with the chain <laughs> yep. belt. Regularly, and, in yeah. fact. But you know what? Times change and now he's not. Yeah. Yep. And yep. He's a serious and dude now. <laughs> it's a lot of fun that way. I mean, his run with uh, with Thunderbolts was a lot of fun too. I think just the the oh, idea yeah. of Luke in, in charge of a team of supervillains who are semi reformed, some of them, <laughs> some of the time. When, when uh, which is that, that is one of my 
Uh, it's, it was years ago. I have the first like six in trade paperback somewhere. But uh, Thunderbolts is such. It started out as such an interesting series. It went some funny directions on and off, and then sort of got back to some of that. But Civil War made it all really weird too. I mean, yeah. some a couple of my favorite Marvel characters have actually come from. Uh, Thunderbolts, just because I really enjoyed that series, and I have no thoughts that I'm almost ever going to see them hit the screen, unless Marvel completely takes over their own network or something. But you know, it, it'd be fun to see Songbird and uh, and Mach Five show up, but I don't, I don't, I'm not expecting that at all. You know, actually, I would pay a lot of money for a Thunderbolts movie just to see if they could pull off like taking five villains, even if it's not the ones from the original Thunderbolts, from each of their movies putting them on a team in disguise, having them spend the whole movie being this quote-unquote new team of right. heroes, and then at the very end pull the twist from the first issue. Oh, uh, just do the first know, issue twist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they all presented themselves as other people, and then at the very last yeah. panel of the first issue, it's like, they're actually supervillains in disguise. Don't, don't, don't. It's the Masters so good. of Evil! No! It's so good. Uh, but and yet we so have this a... is also like the late 90s. <laughs> like early 90s yeah that was um that was when i was in high school i want to say or just about to get to high school so it would have been uh 98 like really late 90s yeah. Yeah, yeah quite a while yeah and then you know they went through they're good guys they're bad guys they're a different team of bad guys they're another different team of bad guys yeah uh, some of them are years. still good our good guys have now moved to other titles that, so we can continue having bad guys here yeah i guess that's kind of the strength of it though right is that oh, anytime yeah. it gets boring you can kill a bunch of them off and swap them out, right? Or just send them off. Oh, guess what? You're paroled well, now, you or can, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Some of them get. That definitely happened with some of them, and there were some that you know were fan favorites that they kind of kept with the cast. So yeah, they mixed it up, which is nice. It's like Sinister, uh, Sinister Six, right? Or what mm-hmm. is that called? But uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. 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 Which yeah, DC is going to be. Which kind yep. of blows my mind. I yeah, I, yep. really. Well, you know, and to me, that's one of those things. It's like. You know, you look at DC's properties, and in terms of making, like, a different movie from the traditional Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, they kind of have to go somewhere really weird like Suicide Squad in their catalog, because if they're just going to try and, like, make another Green Lantern or Flash movie or something... Oh, like, yeah, they, it's they, totally they, good yeah. idea. It's just... Yeah. But will it's, it work, it's fun, though, because right? they're also... They're picking some po- some of the properties that have been really popular lately but aren't big, like Suicide Squad was never a huge property but it was no. really or in the sense that it was never like it never had a lot of mind share culturally outside of dc but people who read dc knew that gail simone made that a killer series mm-hmm. yeah yeah and not only that also but a series of killers but not the point <laughs> yeah but it's also i think a, what you did a, there i see it a good way to get a whole bunch of characters on the screen that people know who would never be able to do their own show like you're never going to do a movie that's about deadshot Right. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's Suicide Squad. Right. It's the only spot right. where Deadshots really had prominence as Deadshot. Exactly. exactly. So it, it's smart. A, and it's a good way also to finally get Harley Quinn on the screen because she's their most popular character, but they're not going to want to just shoehorn her into a Batman movie. Right. Right. So. Well, because she becomes a bit because of the the Joker by default. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's second banana. Player. But this is what the Suicide Squad does, is it lets you take a couple of characters that are second banana characters or that have uh, always kind of had backline stories, and it lets you take six of them and push them together, which is really... I think that's a cool idea. And then the question there is, though, given the track record that uh, DC's had, can they actually pull it off? That I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on who's writing and directing it. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I like their choice for Amanda Waller so far. I thought that was really cool. I liked when there was there was actually rumors that they would cast Oprah, and I knew it would never happen. But oh my god, no. I would pay so much money to see Oprah as just this serious hard bitch telling 
Will Smith that she was going to blow his head up if she, he doesn't listen to her. That would be amazing. Right? Oh, I would pay broken. all of the money. Admission alone. Admission. Right there. And yes. so would everybody else. It, was, it would be a brilliant piece of casting. Yeah. But yeah. What is Oprah never happened for? Never. <laughs> never <laughs> ever. But it would be utterly, utterly glorious if it did. All right, Jenna Waller is a strong-ass black woman. Come on. So now. Now it's true. She's, she's, she's going to be a fun character for someone to play. And now we know who's playing it. It's going to be fun. I'm really yeah. excited. All right, ding, ding, ding. That was our first 20 minutes, and therefore our first topic is now complete. We talked about Daredevil some kind, somewhat a little bit. <laughs> there's, there's only so much to talk about. <laughs> it's true. Um, so I'm going to take over with my topic for this, the second 20 minutes of this 60-minute podcast. Um, so one of the pieces that we have on the list is that uh, No Man's Sky has now announced that, well, not announced, but the developers mentioned in an interview that uh, their procedurally generated universe that players are going to get to explore has gotten so big just in their own testing that they had to actually build space probes to search to explore the galaxy automatically for them because their developers and their testers couldn't possibly have the man hours to explore how big their galaxy is. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. It's that's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. What could you say about <laughs> that other than that's amazing? I know. Well, I'm looking at some of the shots from the game too. Like each world looks fully realized, which is insane. Like, I can't. The, you could never play through that entire game. You could play it for like forty years, and you could never play through that entire game. That is so much but of what I've so wanted out of space game right? for so long. Completely blows my mind. If <laughs> like, that's if that's anywhere near accurate, just blown. Yeah. If you're not going to do that for a space game, right? Like you're not doing a, a sandbox space game right, unless it's so big that nobody's ever going to see it all. Yeah. Because right. that's space. Which is actually. I think that's true of uh, of Elite Dangerous too. I was just gonna say, like. yeah, um, and it's it's. Yeah, I've been having you know the the thing with um, that I think will draw me into uh, No Man's Sky that might not draw me into uh, Elite is that the the sense of uh, exploration. You know, it feels like uh, you have um, more of an opportunity to explore and name your own things in No Man's Sky. Whereas mm-hmm. Elite, I think it looks really fun, but I've I've been staring at streams of it for like months now and going do i want to play this game do i want to play i don't know if i because it like on the one hand it feels like it'd be super meditative and awesome to just spend hours floating through space um and yeah and it's just like but, having a you know being able to say i'm going from here to here and there's just so much interesting either in between or it's not that interesting but there's something new every time at the end of it like it sort of makes it worth putting the time in to go somewhere different each time each time yeah, exactly. I mean, the the my favorite parts of Eve, the for the few little moments that I played that, um, are uh, was um, a little bit uh, going out on mining operations, you know, and just sitting in front just of my computer, not digging. really doing anything, yeah. just like the not look at this beautiful space. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like that's my entire thing with like Mass Effect is I'll just run around the Citadel for like hours because I'm just like it's so pretty, all of it so Honestly, pretty. I I. I, I think it depends what you're looking for in one of these games, right? Like, what you want out of it. I agree. I have totally. a friend have who a... is he's right now crazy into Elite. Like, literally every night coming home, playing it. And it's just the fact that he can pick what he wants to do, right? And so maybe there's not... I don't think he's an explorer, necessarily. But, you know, if he wants to just run missions or bounty hunt or just go mining or whatever, he can go do that stuff. And it's like, you know, I have my ship, I'm in space... And, off off he goes you know but but yeah i don't know it's so freeform right there's such a danger in in letting people go off and do that and sometimes you get big successes like eve where it makes its own world 
And then sometimes you get things where, like, Star Wars Galaxy, where they had that kind of setup, and then people were just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and now I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. You've Although definitely got to have options. The, the communities that did crop up in the original Star Wars Galaxies were super cool. Like, I loved really it. They really did build up their own worlds, but... The mainstream, it never caught on with mainstream gaming, and then they tried to turn it into WoW. And they turned and it into, yeah, work. and it just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, um, galaxies. The thing that I think will make that make your own fun more uh, for me in No Man's Sky is just the absolute craziness of what you can explore. Because, like, Elite, like, you run into a star system, and it's like, okay, I can see this beautiful star, I can see this planet, I can fight this pirate, but then I'm just going to have to leave, and that's kind of mm-hmm. all I can do. No Man's, the fact that you can fly down to a Landing world on and, planets. Like, land yeah. on a planet, like, there's space dinosaurs waiting for you yeah. on the surface that you get to name, like... If this game works the way they if have proclaimed it will, it's going to be probably one of my favorite it, games of all time. It does feel a bit like before Spore came out. You know, yes. where it was yeah. all procedurally generated. Like, Here's the, the big idea. dream we have. And everyone's fantastic. like, yes, that's what I want. It's what I've always wanted. And then when they actually got down to building it, they were like, I don't actually know that there's a game in this. And I don't know how <laughs> we can sell this. And then when it finally came out, it was just sort of like, I see how you tried. I see what you Thanks, were going guys, for. but... I'm mm. going to make 30 dick monsters, and then I'm going to turn this game off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dick monsters. And that's how you know you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, oh, I should have held that comment off. We could have trans. We could have transitioned to talking about Maxis. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, damn it. I ruined the segue. You monster. Oh, you dick monster. <laughs> Procedurally generated dick monster. I don't know, though. I kind of feel like we've talked out No Man's Sky in the five minutes we spent on it, so we can always move on to the next topic <laughs> if you want. We could, could do that. The we next could. topic is uh, is ripe for dick monsters. Segway fixed. Um, in, in so many different ways. Look at, look at that. We repaired Mark's Segway. Oh, they did. It, now, now stand on that Segway and ride away. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in our in our third topic, we're sorry, <laughs> offended. Uh, we're we're talking about you the uh, the closing monster. of the Maxis Emeryville studio, which uh, EA recently announced that it's one in a long line of studios that EA has bought up and then eventually sold. Although I will say that uh, as far as studio acquisitions go, this one did run a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mostly still because had the Sims, the Sims a basically, lot of money. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they are not uh, going to be ending any development on the Sims or SimCity. They're going to be reallocating everybody over to other studios. They're saying, although it does sound increasingly, as, yeah, like some as people much will as they off. can, I believe. Yeah, or yeah. like offering people opportunities is, I think, what they said, and trying to find severance packages for the ones that are leaving, which they damn well better. I mean, there are a lot of you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year veterans mm-hmm. who are still at that Maxis studio. And that's not even the ones that worked on their original products. You know, I mean, I definitely, I have really fond memories of, like, Sim Ant. Yeah. You know? Back when they were, like, because the Sims, the when that came out. Maxis. What, what the, else? The Sims exactly. was the end Classic of a, a long line of SimCity spinoffs. It was, like, SimCity, and they were, like, okay, yeah, Sim Tower. Sim Copter. Sim, Sim God. Sim Ant. Sim Ant. Like, Sim Earth. I remember Sim Earth. That was a really good game. I like Sim Earth. Game. Yeah, Sim Earth was really interesting. I just I couldn't. I was too young to, to figure it out. Well, the first time that I tried to play it, and when I came, by the time I came back to it, my computer would barely support it anymore. Um, I literally Life, don't I remember, remember what Sim Earth was. Like I remember playing it for it a was, lot it when was it came so, out, and I can't so remember like, how you play it now. It was such a big scale thing. I think it was literally like, and now you're forming this world, and now there's, and I was like, I can't wrap my head around all of this. I'm <laughs> I'm like you know ten, running around ants is gonna be great. I can deal with that. 
Um, I feel like an ant Sim already. Right. Sim Life, uh, barring any jokes about slutty characters in The Sims, uh, Sim Life is really where a lot of the dick monster jokes come in because you really could create just about anything in that game. You could design your own sprites to indicate what was alive, and you would just kind of get to see them interact with each other, how populations grew and failed over time. I mean, it was a, a surprisingly immersive... Well, I don't know about immersive, but it was a surprisingly interesting and uh, varied game for what really was kind of a... I don't know. It, 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 Sim Life was another one that for me was kind of hard to grasp, but once I did, they left some tools in that sort of made it really simple to do a couple things, like create you know, a, a move or create whichever other uh, race you wanted to, or species you wanted to have just by clicking on a couple of boxes and drawing them yourself and then throwing it into the world and just kind of seeing what happened when you gave it certain attributes, like, you know, was it vegetarian, what house big was it, and so on. It was, it had a lot of variation in it, which was an interesting reflection on, you know, well, life. But, I mean, then you started getting the really random things like, was the Sim theme park a thing at one point? <laughs> like before, besides theme park, there was also like a Sim game yeah. that did that. But, but that whole era of video games, especially on the computer, was just like a lot of developers being like, "We have a lot of money to make games, and mm -hmm. not sure what really sells, yeah, so we're just, just going like to throw everything throw into, the wall some, into these yeah. crazy experiments and see what happens." Yeah, which is Sim kind City of happening stuck, again now. I think, like you know, you get the whole like indie, indie game boom. revolution. Yeah. I think yeah. they, I think with indie gamers, it, but there's not as much money to go around necessarily. But there's a lot of interesting ideas, and people are just saying, "I know a thing." Why don't we try making a thing? And some of them, you know, turn out like uh, like Memorial Valley or like <laughs> Minecraft. Really yeah. though. Oh my God, Minecraft just like just completely <laughs> just you know what you you give people tools to like the voxel stuff is really huge right now because you mm -hmm. give people tools to make what they want, but you make them go out and work for it, and suddenly everything is an accomplishment forever and always. Yeah. yeah. And the, I mean, yeah, it's the whole democratization of uh, development and everything. Just because before you had to be. It's, it's actually kind of funny because it's all coming full circle, right? It was originally like, you know, one or two people in a, in a garage or a basement or something hacking out a game. And then you get these huge studios that grew up over time from this. And then now it's back to like, oh, you know what? You can you can actually go back to doing it one or two people in a garage yeah. using these tools. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I, you know, I've talked about with uh, movies and music a lot recently, but it happens too with uh, video games. It's the, the middleman is slowly being cut out. Yep. So like people can just create what they want to create and hand it off to uh, the user and you know in, in the next I would say 30 or 40 years we're going to start seeing a lot more of that where like you know the major movie releases are going to be something that somebody cooked up with their friends because they could raise the money and wanted to do it and same thing with video games well I think that a lot of things are getting kickstarted now like yeah. with the ability to crowdsource funding that really it it makes the crowdfunder the middleman and after that that's kind of it like you're you're in then on your yeah, own and you decide what you, you want to do with it yeah, yeah. Some interesting stuff that's come out of that too, I think. I, I agree. I mean, the Kickstarter has also led to a lot of uh, unfortunate, you know, because people well, it's a add, double don't ask tour, for enough right? money or they do, right. they are asked for, they end up getting, like, uh, what was the uh, goddess? The one that, um, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. what's his name? The uh, Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. Molyneux. Yeah. Yeah. He, who people still gave him money for outlandish promises. I don't Knowing know. Knowing that why. Molyneux never delivers on. I think I actually gave him money for yeah. that. I gave him like five bucks. I said, you know what? This is what I'm willing to give, or whatever. Just I'm always okay, I, generally I'm happy with what he delivers. I because I've learned to not listen to his outlandish promises or to okay. Here's what he's promising: divide it by ten yeah. or by a hundred, <laughs> right. and you're going to come out usually at the end of it with a game that's actually fun to play. So. Let's see what happens. That here. is a fair point. I mean, there's a reason that we know his name, and it's not just because he makes outlandish promises. Right. You know? Although, I mean, it, it 
it just it kind of sucks every single time. But you know, I mean, or look at the guys that did uh, Planetary Annihilation. They kickstarted that. They made an interesting mm-hmm. game, but they never quite finished it. And then they just kind of decided to try and roll on to the next thing. Yeah. And then yeah. the next I mean, thing didn't work because everyone had already thrown their money at Planetary Annihilation like less than a year ago. Yeah. The thing so, that I think the, the big failing really. Yeah, the big feeling I think with Kickstarter is that you have a whole bunch of people who are really enthusiastic about stuff and they love making games or they have this great idea for a game that they want to make. But then the reality is is that there's a whole bunch of people like that running around and then there's always these people behind the scenes who don't have names that people know who are basically just project managers. Who mm-hmm. are the people who lay out what you have to do to get from where you are to your crazy idea and then build it? And those people, right. those people, those people aren't in the Kickstarters unless you know the person actually was working in some sort of uh, studio system and took them with them. Took, right, you know? yeah. the groups that are already staffs, right, that are already like you know minor companies and stuff. By the time they hit Kickstarter, yeah, they've that's got why project I always look for something like a project manager or a producer when when the staff is like, we've got this amazing writer and these amazing artists, and this guy gives a you know uh, exactly. had all the good ideas, but I'm like, okay, but who do you have who's, that knows how to yeah, really turn this it. into a thing? Right. <laughs> yeah, who's the or person? Do you, or that's do you have a make history of right. turning these into things? Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, if, if there's at least either like a history of getting stuff done, where you go, okay, you know how to manage yourself, or when there's people who can get stuff done, where you're like, oh, their job is to make sure you do stuff, then you don't feel as bad about it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the other thing, you know, mentioning, with Kickstarter, unless you really deliver something amazingly solid, you basically get one shot at one Kickstarter with people's mm-hmm. faith in you. Like, if you if your first Kickstarter doesn't deliver exactly what you promised, or doesn't deliver get at close. all... close. Just get close. Yeah, you can't get online and be like, alright, well that didn't work, but we've got a better idea, give us more of your money, because then people are literally going to be like, right. no, fuck mm-hmm. you. You've this really got to come at really it. Do it. Yeah. yeah, you've got to come at it a totally different way if you're going to do that. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But you, yeah, you have to dedicate yourself to finishing one thing. Like the the whole thing with uh, Planetary Annihilation hitting like gamma release and just kind of going poof. Yeah. Like that was really like even though I didn't I didn't actually uh, kickstart it. I had friends that were really super into the game that really liked the ideas. I saw some videos of like people building engines to throw an asteroid into a planet. It was insane. <laughs> but like I I never got that involved with it, and it still was like wait, you guys are already trying to make another game? Like, you're not done with Planetary yeah. Annihilation, and you're saying that you're just going to give up on it, effectively. Now, I mean, yeah. that's I think that's probably, in my mind, a little bit of an oversimplification. They had a game, it was a working game, they got it somewhere where it was interesting and usable, but they never really got it to a point where they said, this is final candidate, it felt like, at least on my end. Yeah. yeah. I think like, it hit, true. it hit release as early access, which is a really awkward position to kind of be in you never want i mean we had an article on the site about this recently the whole early access thing i can understand doing an open beta for free and letting getting like a stress test of people to like test out your game but if you're gonna say give us you know 14 bucks or like pay us money to beta test yeah (laughs) i I know it's a good way to raise capital but just no don't do that yeah I mean, my my flip thought on that though is, you know, if it's if it's an early access and it's from a developer whose stuff you really like and you do really want to get early access to the game, like a lot of cases, the price is going to be lower during early access than it's going to be later yeah. on. Yeah, but on, it's you know, true. It does. So make it depends sense. on the reason it works so well for Minecraft is because Minecraft delivered a finished game in its in its alpha mode, and they like, did it, it just by kept accident adding too. Features that were cool, yeah, but the the original Minecraft that people paid twelve bucks for in alpha 
is a full and complete game on its own. Yeah. Right. It has enough features to consider fun. It's a little sandbox. Time. You can Agreed. do stuff with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, you've got you know, you, there's there's that whole gamut though, right? You've got ones that are early access on Steam right now where you can barely do anything more than like one level or one aspect of the game. You've got ones that are practically full games where they're just working on content and a couple of features. And then you've got ones like Kerbal Space Program, where you've got an entire game, but it's half of the game, where you've got like an entire sandbox mode that's really, really interesting and ha offers some depth that uh, people have found really engaging, but it doesn't have the story mode yet. Mm -hmm. Did you so. see the, uh, the Mass Effect Cruiser someone built in Kerbal Space Program? No. What? No. They, what? They, no. It took them, they documented the process, it took like the largest hangar anyone's ever seen, and like they had to build it upright, and it took like... <laughs> 50 launches before they could stop killing their Kerbals and actually get the thing up into, into the end of orbit. It was so grief. fucking beautiful when it got it up, they got it up there. <laughs> I, I need to actually pay attention to that game. There's a whole I bunch of things that, that people talk about that, these, that are in these early accesses and stuff, and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I don't know. It's I not get always worth throwing the money at, but it's worth but knowing yeah, about them. I'll pay attention, but I'm not going for them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's that's the thing, you know, and I think Chris had a really good point in the, the article because, um, you know, like, swinging back around to our original topic, which is still there, um, games like, the stuff that Maxis did was partly, you could you could throw money at it because it was a finished project, even though you didn't know what the hell it was in a lot of cases, and there's Sim Earth for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell is this game? What am I doing? I'm reading the description. It still isn't quite telling me what's going on, but sure, I'm going to pretend to be an ant for a little bit. I guess that could be kind of fun. Let me just go in on this, like, ant business, and oh, whoa, there's an entire backyard. Whoa, I can get into the house. This is really awesome. Or like, oh, sure, let me go in on this this other game here. I have no idea, like the original Populous or something. It was still fun, but like, mm -hmm. I, I, I went I went into that one for the first time, going, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. I have so many options, and eventually I kind of figured it out, and I really enjoyed uh, Populous Two. I think is the one that I ended up playing, but it was like I, I remember there was a there was a little bit of a learning curve, and that's not true of every game nowadays. But yeah, there, there's so much of it. Like there's so many more games now, though. That in yeah, a way, I think yeah. it's a saturation thing now. Yeah, and I think that Chris makes a really good point that so many people are throwing things into beta. Well, it's not like there's only a limited selection of games now. You can choose from lots mm -hmm. and lots of different things. That So if you're going to choose to throw your money into something, either you'd better really, really want to do it and just be willing to deal with the bugs as they come up, or you'd better say, look, man, I'm not going to pay you for something that you should be letting people do for free so that you can offer me a decent product later on. Well, and that's so, the reason you know, I think you get so much outcry over badly done open uh, or uh, early access games is because mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. people who pay for early access are the people who really, really want to play the game. They're the most passionate fans. The, yeah, and so you, you get the people who it's like, the hardcore. are like, yeah, who, who yeah, really want the game to be good and are really mad when it's not. <laughs> yeah, and there's also always the... There's always the danger with the yearly access things of people who don't really understand the realities of development and what they're p paying for. Because there's a yeah. lot of people, like, even with old MMOs, you know, you would get into the beta two weeks early or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, but it was like two weeks early, you know. Well, even, or, or even if you got into the, the free beta earlier on, you know, where you didn't pay, yeah. you'd always have people wandering around being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this game works. This game has bugs. And, you know, that's, that's what a beta is. Right. That's yeah. what it's supposed to and be. And there's dealing with those people, I think, but now you're dealing with those people who you have charged money. Yeah. Right. Right. And definitely. You're th they're a customer now, right? Yeah. What do you do? Mm -hmm. And and they're going to they're gonna treat the game differently than somebody who's actually doing QA. 
Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, half of the people like, don't I bought, do I bought a game to play a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this looks yeah, interesting. I want to try it. This hallway sixteen times to see why it threw me into the edge of the earth that one time. <laughs> right. If, or if I can get it to do it again, let me just go ahead and repeat it another three hundred. Yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's you're you're trying to to take something that's usually done with process and procedure, and now you're just kind of throwing it into the world to see if it sticks. And it's a yeah, it's just yeah, throw enough thing. ants at the situation and you get anything done. Boom! Yeah. Tie right. back to cement. Right. <laughs> Excellent. And with that roundabout, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up this week's podcast because, you know, Mark has things to do. Uh, um, but, like a uh, person. Thank you, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we are the Ace of Geeks. You can find the rest of our Geekly Roundup on the blog, which is aceofgeeks.blogspot.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Ace of Geeks. You're at, uh, we're on Facebook at the Ace of Geeks podcast. We're on Instagram at Ace of Geeks. We're on Google Plus at the Ace of Geeks. I think that's it. We can make and, other uh, things if you up. Wanna... Let's yes. just make Seems up like other social networks. <laughs> We're on Pinterest, I think. We're on Tinder. <laughs> We're definitely on Tinder. And, and the other Tinders. I don't remember what they're all called. Grinder. Swipe Grinder. I was say, <laughs> Swiper. Swipe right on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Swipe Sorry. right for more podcasts. Uh, if you want to email us, as always, it's aceofgeekspodcasting at gmail.com. And thank you guys very much for listening in. This has been the first episode of Geekly Roundup. Yay! Yay we did a thing. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.